Here they come! Hello and welcome to episode 174 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host Eric Moore and we're into October and it's traditional on this show at this time of year to have horror subjects. What's not traditional this time though is that the subject isn't horror per se, but rather something that horrified me when I was small. Big time Lost in Space fan Ian Marchant joins me to take a one-eyed look at the Cyclops from season one's There Were Giants in the Earth. That couldn't be a a footprint. Not of a man. Of a something that walks on two feet. Only five times as big as anything we ever thought of as human. Giants? Come on, Doc. Let's go. I don't want to leave the family alone a second longer than necessary. Isn't that funny? Ten minutes ago, we were talking about um, eyes when we were talking we were, about yeah. Chew for Blade Runner in character, and uh, I, I, um, I, I, here we are again. Well, <laughs> singular I, yeah. Yeah, I, yes. Uh, I know that you're a, a, a big, big Lost in Space fan, but you can't have watched it. You're too young to have watched it when it was oh, first no, transmitted. No, I, I, I've always been intrigued with the um, with Lost in Space on the repeats, because, yeah, I, I definitely didn't watch it when it was originally broadcast, um, I, w- I was just too young. So I think it was broadcast in the UK uh, about 69, something like that. Because I know it was put up against Doc 2, wasn't it? Uh, yes. In the ITV regions. So, But then it must have been repeated because I was well aware of it before Channel 4 sort of strip showed it every Sunday. Um I think you're right. I, I, I'm sure, um, you know, I can remember, you know, watching all the Irwin Allen yeah. films and it wasn't the Irwin Allen film, uh, shows, sorry, but it wasn't the Irwin Allen shows I was watching in the 60s. It was definitely the 70s. Yeah. Definitely so I think it must Voice to the Bottom of the Sea yeah. was on in yeah. the 70s. Um, yeah, definitely. Voice to the Bottom of the Sea used to be on in the 70s. I remember watching that sort of tea time-ish. Uh, yes. And it, and it definitely wasn't, again, because they... Channel 4, um, they realised they were onto a good thing with sci-fi shows sort of one o'clock on a Sunday, didn't they? So they, they started uh, strip-showing all of the Irwin Allens, um, which I think led to them then showing Thunderbirds and that, wasn't it? And it was mm. a, this big, massive revival in the 90s. Um, I do remember when uh, VHS first started sort of coming out, um, we had a friend that would send us... Uh, and this is this sort of probably 
dates it. Uh, I wasn't into it, but my brother was. Uh, a WrestleMania. Do you remember the, the stupid American wrestling, uh, Hulk Hogan sort of style thing? And at the end of it, there was always a uh, a Lost in Space episode. All right. Um, on the whatever whatever channel they were recording, because you just set it off and go. Um, I see. Uh, I got a feeling it was on one, you know, sort of very early, uh, very early days of um, like cable TV. But yeah, we used to watch, sit and watch that, and then there was always just a, a, a random episode of Lost in Space on the end of it, and it was like, oh, great, I used to love them. But yeah, I've always, I've always thought of of Lost in Space probably as Irwin Allen's best. Um, well, it's out in space, isn't it? And you've got yes, monsters, yeah. and you've got aliens, and occasionally you'll get a spaceship. So that's all the sort of thing yeah. when we're when we're little that we want to see yeah. in a and, TV and, show. And even later on, because like, yeah, as a kid, that's what you want. You want you don't you don't notice the silliness. And even later on, like even in the time when I was, I couldn't bear Doctor Who for being so silly. It's like Lost in Space got a pass. Mm. I don't know why. I don't know whether it's just because it's done so gleefully. Um, but yeah, I, it, I, I'm happy to put up with... I treat it in the same sort of thing as Monkey. You know, yeah. it's like, it's gloriously silly, but it revels in it. What What is painfully obvious, um, because I, 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 I was totally unaware, because I know you're an Owen Allen fan, I was totally unaware until you suggested this, that you hadn't seen the pilot. No. the original unaired pilot and it, it's shocking how different that is compared to the the series and i think had had they gone with that tone of total po-faceness no humor whatsoever um i don't think it would have lasted no and i've watched it now because yeah. you know um I, did, I, I wasn't aware that there are elements, yeah. you know, from this oh, unaired yeah. pilot that they cut up and then well, they uh, put into Erwin future Allen episodes. Erwin Allen was never one to waste footage, was he? No, <laughs> absolutely honest. not. And I think you're absolutely right. I think the show needed Dr. Smith and oh, the robots. 100%. And if, if, you, if you watch that pilot, it, like you say, there's no humour. It, it comes across as like an, an Outer Limits episode. Yeah. And it would never have gone to three seasons. No, not, that, not like that. Yeah, you're spot on with Outer Limits because I remember the first time I watched Outer Limits when they started showing it on the Galaxy Channel on BSB, um, which coincidentally they also showed Lost in Space on BSB as well. Uh, yeah, the, I remember watching it, and I was used to the Twilight Zone, where there was always a slight, either a twist or humour. There was a twinkle. And, yeah, a twinkle it? in the eye. Yeah. Never quite taking itself seriously. And then you watch Outer Limits, and it's absolutely po-faced. There's not yeah. one lick of humour. Everything is done seriously. And that just makes it all slightly ridiculous and boring. Mm. Uh, and this is the same. Yeah, the pilot is just... It's a pain to sit through, isn't it? It's, yes. It's absolutely ram-packed with incident. But it's so unconnected because you couldn't give a toss about these characters. Everyone is dysfunctional. Um, and I know Erwin Allen wanted this family to be uh, a family of geniuses. They were the very pinnacle of humanity. They picked and, them from like yeah. 200, 200 million yes, or something, yeah. didn't they? I love it, I love it in the pilot <laughs> where they, they go about that uh, Dr. Well, 
Yeah, Doctor Robinson, <laughs> rather than Professor Robinson. Doctor yeah. Robinson in the pilot. His fam, his kids are the first people to be able to to pass the strict astronaut fitness test. And you look at like Will and go, what? <laughs> what? How did Penny get through this? I mean, surely the psychological tests alone would have kicked Penny out. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's so weird watching it. And what's really strange because. I've never really I've never really watched the episodes with an eye to what bits were at the pilot what why and in this watching um this episode the bits where it cuts to the the footage from the pilot is so to me now so glaringly obvious everyone's acting slightly differently yes um but the other thing that really struck me about this is this is what episode 4 it is four, yes. And by four, Doctor Smith is a fully fledged camp character, isn't he? It's like I there, there's this sort of myth that that Doctor Smith in season one was this sort of it's like the Hartnell myth all over again. It's like this this mysterious evil person. Like, no, nah, he dumps that straight away. Yeah, 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 know? yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's great in this. I love it. It's uh, he's him. He, they they haven't quite got the the sort of triumvirate of him, Will, and the robot off pat yet. But it is only but episode four. It is episode yeah. It's only episode four. But yeah, it, it, it Doctor Smith is great. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, as I said at the uh, at the start of the show, you know, I've chosen this because even though this isn't a, yeah. a, 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 remotely a horror subject. Um, it's I, possibly that, horrible, but this yeah. that that there are three moments in Lost in yeah. Space that uh, has stayed with me since since the sometime in the seventies. One yeah. is the ridiculous, and it stayed with me because it's so ridiculous. Is the Carrot Man? Yes. Oh God, yeah. When you have the Vegetable Revolution, Great. yeah. One that I was horrified by, which we've already discussed on Effectively Speaking, I think it was with Tim, um, was uh, the Golden Man. The, that that big oh, blobby yeah. face, yeah. melted face, um, just found that hideous when I was little. And the Cyclops, and I can really remember the Cyclops Actually sticking with scaring me, you. scaring me, and it's stuck with me ever yeah. since. And I think, I think, it was just lodged in my brain, and I kept getting reminders in that the advert for the Aurora kit was always on oh, the back right. yes. of my yeah, DC right, yeah. comics. So I, throughout my childhood, when I would reread one of them, you know, I'd turn the last page and there's the Cyclops again, you know. So I've had yeah. reminders, I think, throughout all my life. Yeah. But this is the first time I've watched it, actually watched the whole episode uh, since the 70s. And did you did you ever have the, the Aurora kit? I remember nope. my brother had it. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah. Always wanted it, but... Um, I. It's very weird now to think back that, you know, one of the crazes at schools was building model kits. Yeah. But there was a craze for Aurora days. kits. Yeah. The um, the monster kits yeah, with their glow-in-the-dark bits, you know. But uh, I don't think my local toy shop ever stopped the Lost in Space kits. Yeah, the, so uh, I never I had remember, the opportunity yeah. to buy it. Well, I remember um, my brother got this one. And he got you remember when we were recently in... Abingdon, and I, I was trying to find the location of that old, model old shop. toy shop, yeah. and it was it was from there. And he used to stock all the Auroras, all the uh, 
the old MPC kits. It was a, it was a, an amazing shop. And yeah, I remember my brother having this kit. Um, and at the time, I don't think I was aware of of what this creature was, but it was fascinating. But it was the um, it's like the, the the reissue one that I've got now. It was the one without the uh, the the chariot in because mm. they they did two versions of the kit. That's one right. one was like a, a budget ninety nine cent one, and then they decided to expand it and put the chariot in. Um, and yeah, I always remember seeing those adverts and going, "What? What's? Why has it got a chariot? Why didn't we have a chariot?" Mm. Um, but I'm I'm trying to think when, probably watching, consciously watching this episode would have been the Channel Four, yeah, reshowings. I think um, definitely I might have seen it, but it nothing about it. I don't ever remember sort of visually seeing this creature moving uh, until then um but it's it's one of those weird ones where it's not a bad suit well, i think it's a terrific suit. yeah yeah i'd love these huge feet yeah well that, that's sort of i mean the way it's shot as well is um because it's from i think had this been had this been not footage from the pilot the pilot was much much more serious and much much more cinematic and the tv show was sort of what how can we do stuff cheaply Mm. um so i think had this been you know a few episodes later when it would have been filmed entirely for the tv show i don't think it would have been quite as good no It, it would have been a man in a much cheaper suit and I, it would have been filmed really cheaply because this is really nicely done. Cinematic is yeah. is the right phrase. Before we we see him in this, you know, episode four, the new fi- yep. footage with you know Doctor Smith, we've got this thing where there's these there's these tentacles coming out of the giant pea pods. Yeah, this this is um, the the storyline is is as usual in Lost in Space is a bit barking mad. Um, because yeah, they they've decided that uh, they they're gonna plant seeds to try and grow food, and this is these all these scenes are because when we cut to footage from the pilot, they've got rows and rows of hydroponic mm. stuff outside the ship, so they had to obviously go. Well, people are going to go. Where's that come from? Yeah, um, most people are going. Where's the ostrich come from? But oh, good lord, yeah, that ostrich. Good lord. Um, so they they decide to uh, to plant these um, the, these uh, sort of food to to grow and eat, and it's hilarious because they've got oh my uh, she who shall can you hear her yeah she, she's babbling on again good lord go away Alexa um yeah so they they they're laying out these uh, these uh, rows it looks looks like decorators tables with <laughs> with fake grass that you would get in a butcher's shop yeah um on top of it and uh it, it's brilliant because dr smith has been tasked that he's got to do this but of course he's the laziest man mm. <laughs> the laziest man in the world so he he waits until everyone's done the work then goes outside and uh dr robinson says don't plant in the soil. It's not good enough to grow. But of course, Smith goes, oh, I'm good to plant here. And he, he just chucks a few pea pods on. And then overnight, these grow into like six foot <laughs> pea pods. But then he touches it and it bursts open. And it's like something from the thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's, you know, 
cheaply done, but um, quite quite a sort of um, unusual idea. But is this an inference of this is why the giants are big? The whole planet. I think so. Yep. I think that's entirely what it's for. Is like there's something on this this planet that causes giganticism. Um, but what what's really unusual as well is Doctor Doctor Robinson and um, Don they investigate the sample that Doctor Smith gave them, and it is something like the thing, isn't it? Because he says there's a, a parasitical organism. Mm that enters any biological sort of um, uh, structure and mutates it into this thing. And I, I think it's, like you say, it's certain go, why are there Cyclops here again? Why are they giant? Yeah. Uh, and it's just a way, because they didn't need to do that. Because Lost no. in Space, later on, stuff just turns up on their planet, you know, w- without a second thought. Um, but Appears yeah, they, once they, and he's never yeah, seen again. never seen again. But fair dues to them, at this point in the show, they're trying to play it fair and they want to explain why there's giants. Yeah. Um, none of these none of these uh, mutational pea pods will ever come back into it. Never it's again. Never a, never a worry again. No, no. All right, so so we have that, as you say, that's got to, that's been put in to establish why in the unaired pilot footage, you know, they have got food. Yes. Um, and, and we're into it now. We're into the unaired pilot footage when yes. John and Don go off to check that weather station. Yeah, they it's weird because they um in in the TV show version because in in the the pilot um they already know that the planet for some reason is getting colder, but in the in the TV show version there's no hint that it's going to get colder. And weirdly they explain this by saying uh, um Mrs. Robinson when they're talking outside and he, she goes well, we'd be inside the ship, nice and warm, so we wouldn't know if it was cold at night. So, wouldn't you have investigated? Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't you have at least gone? Well, it's night on the planet. Should we go and have a look and see what it's like? Nah. No. Nah, not going to bother. But yeah, they they climb to this weather station, and it's immediately they need like thermal parkers. Yes. And the winds blowing. I'm not quite sure why they put that three-legged. Uh, barbecue weather station it looks like a cheap barbecue up on top of a mountain in the wind yeah i think it might have blown over yeah that's when they find out don't they that all the readings say that they've got to leave the ship and head south because the temperature in a a matter of a day or so is going to fall but to blow minus 150 yes and Don goes, oh, I just want to check one more gauge. And they go around the corner. Yeah. There's always corners. There's always bolder yeah. corners in these there's, shows. There's never any peripheral vision. No, nope. they come around it, a corner. Yeah. And they see the giant. No, they, well, see, actually, they see a footprint first. They, they find the, crash, yeah. the, 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 the crushed gauge yeah. in a giant footprint. Now, this is very clever because, you know, you have a scene where... You know, you've got the footprints going off, these giant footprints going off, and you've got the back of, um, you know, Dr. Robinson and Don. And you've got new dialogue ADR'd in about that must be what the robot saw. Yes. Um, yeah, because there's no robot in the original pilot. No. no and and Smith, in, yeah. Yeah, in the unaired pilot, you've just got a shot with, with their backs as you take in the fact that there's footprints. But they very cleverly put this line in. That's yeah. what the robot saw. That's what made the robot go loopy. Isn't yeah, because the robot, the robot went off. Uh, like for the last couple of nights, they've been hearing this weird roaring, 
and uh, Will is, do, is is fixing the robot, which has been programmed to kill the Robinsons. It's very convoluted. Pro- kill the Robinsons by Dr. Smith, because he was a villain to start with. Um, and Will says, the, the roaring goes off, and Will goes does something like, go, what's that? And the robot goes, I will investigate. And off he goes. And then he comes back, and he's, he's mumbling about it was 16 meters tall. Mm. Um, and then... It's, and I love that they they decide then to put up the uh, the laser defense thing, don't they? And that's so forbidden planet. That oh whole boy, is that forbidden planet? Um, Even the I, testing yeah. of it is yeah. so forbidden planet. Well, I I love it that Don's testing. So they've set up the shield, and Don's firing his laser at this boulder, <laughs> and then he turns around and shoots directly at the family. The family. <laughs> <laughs> what, if, and what if Doctor Robinson got? I haven't done. Put, oh dear, he's just killed my entire family. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the. Um, they see this row of footprints. Really impressive as well. Again, because it's from the pilot and they, they spent quite a bit of money on it. Um, the, this row of footprints going off into the uh, the distance. Yeah. Um, and it, it looks really good. And then they hear something and they yes. turn around and yeah. there he is. There he and, is. Yeah. With his and big uh, old feet. Big old feet. We pan up. I love the fact that they've shot it so low down. Yes. To, clever. To, to give yeah. a sense of height. Um, I, li- I like his sound effects. Um, yeah. It's oh, great. Yeah, he's great. The roar is good. Yeah. Yeah, and I think what really helps this is the fact that it is in black and white as yeah. well, um, and the eye, those teeth, you know, the hairy face, yeah. um, and also crucially, uh, somebody has had the the savvy to to do this uh, on a high speed camera. So when you play it back normal time, it's slowed down. So yeah, I I I, th- I think this is a terrific introduction and I, I i can still remember watching this and thinking oh my yeah. god because <laughs> that's I mean, a sca- it, real scary monster yeah it, it wouldn't disgrace a, a, a quite high budget 1960s cinema film mm. it's a really well done sequence if i've um, got any quibble it's the way the eye moves backwards and forwards yeah that's my only quibble on it. It never looks up and down. It just moves from side to side. Well, that might be uh, that might be like a, uh, an evolutionary dead end. That's why there's only one of them left. Yes. They yeah. couldn't look down at their feet. Yeah. Uh, and with feet that big, you're going to trip over, aren't you? Yeah. I reckon. He was supposed to blink, but uh, that would cost more oh. money. And Irwin Allen said no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've got an eye moving side to side. He doesn't need to he blink. Says that's good enough. Yep. And not blinking, paying that, he said. Very good. Um, it's not bad compositing of having, you know, no, no. our two good, our, yeah. our two heroes in the foreground with him in the background. It's all very Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, yeah. uh, Cyclops, the way they hide in the cave and he's like shoving his hand in there. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then weirdly, because again, we're from the pilot and there's been no intimation, Don just gets a flare out. Mm. We haven't seen any flares up till now. You do in the pilot, of course. And he throws a flare at it, and I think it's hilarious, isn't it? Because the again, in the pilot version, Don never seems to listen to Doctor Robinson, whereas in the TV show, Don never crosses Professor Robinson. No, they're like best buds. He's Smithers to Professor Robinson's uh, Mister Burns, but in the pilot. Everyone's everyone's disobeying and arguing all the time. They're mm. so dysfunctional. This group, um, and yeah, do, do, you know, Doctor Robinson saying, "No, no, don't antagonize him." And he throws this flare out, and it does nothing until the ro- uh, the the robot, the uh, Cyclops, try to put it out by stepping on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ah! 
Yeah, yeah. And then he, he justifiably gets annoyed. Mm. I'm with the Cyclops on all of this, to be fair. Yeah. Because he's been there longer than they have. They're like they're like a, ca- a family have turned up in their caravan, parked well, in, in this field. Yeah. Let's start fucking stuff up. Yeah. That's his valley. Um, Will sees all this. He's got he's got yeah. the radio telescope working. I'm not sure how this telescope works. Back at back in the it, ship. It's hilarious again that because the thing I love about uh, Lost in Space is um, is Mrs. Robinson. Nothing phases her. Throughout all these episodes, nothing phases her. You know why her. nothing phases her? She's, she's, because... she's tripping off her tits on some sort of uh, antidepressant. Perhaps. No, she just cannot act. That woman yeah. cannot act. She's a complete plank of wood, this woman. Maureen is my Maureen, problem yeah. I have with, with, with Lost in Space. She's awful. She, she is by far the most underdeveloped weakest character she's she's a sitcom mum isn't she she's the leave it to beaver mum um but she's acting as if that's it's like i remember in one episode doesn't like um will gets turned green and she's like oh well and in this case she's she's looking through the thing going where well I, they're not don and uh, uh and uh Dr. my Robinson husband and, yeah her husband and so she's looking through the thing and sees the cyclops and it's like oh well what she does she look. actually goes yeah. oh yeah. Mm. Oh, giant cyclops. Before we move forward, what do you think of Maureen's washing machine that she's using? I can't believe that was in the pilot. Something as silly as that. Yeah, it's... I mean, A, this this is the 60s, so unfortunately she's there to look after the men. Yep. That's entirely her role. And she seems happy enough with it, but yeah, she's got this, this ludicrous washing machine. <laughs> Um, it, it it's terrible that it can like wash clothes in like ten seconds, but when you take them out the washing machine, they are yeah. all prepackaged in plastic yeah. bags. Would, wouldn't you like it though? I I'd guess. Like yeah, save a lot of effort. I love um, Lost in Space is one of those shows that has benefited by being older and stuff coming after it. So I remember like even watching it the first time around, used to howl with laughter at it. It's like. The stuff they packed on this ship to go into space, pith helmets, a dress for the robot to wear. You a know, washing machine. A washing machine. And you think, this is crazy. Where, where's the room? Where do... And then afterwards, you watch something like Star Trek Next Generation and the replicator. Now, you just retro it and go, they must have a replicator. Yeah. <coughs> Dr. Smith wants a pith helmet. Yeah. Replicate it. And it makes so much more sense. Um, but yeah, they they said we're going to another we're going to another planet. You're going to be asleep for a million years. You're going to be the first of billions of people to go to this planet. You're the test thing. Oh, they'll need a washing machine. <laughs> Strange. Blimey. So yeah, Will sees that they're in trouble, and he yeah. runs off. Um, he doesn't need any with Parker, a gun, does he? No. Yeah, that's a bit weird. That bit, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, and yeah, he defeats the Cyclops. I love the way yeah. when it, when he zaps the giant, the giant falls over, and yeah. he goes out of shot, and his feet come up. Yeah, and and this is unusually because normally in these sort of situations, the guns do nothing, and it's like you blaze away at them, and it's like Godzilla, uh, nothing's happening. One shot, this this giant. I like to think that it's a um, it's a stun gun. And this giant keeps waking up afterwards with a headache. And what the hell is going on? (laughs) 
Yeah. So that's it. Um, we see him. They make a mistake. Uh, we see him when he gets back up. But it, yep. it's filmed from above, so you've lost any sense of him being a giant. He looks yeah, just like a guy in a suit now. Yeah, it's really weird. And I think this is um, this is possibly uh, the reshoot because the giant the giant is played by two different people, and I think one is from the the guy that played it in the pilot, and one is perhaps this this shot of him getting up. Because in 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 the TV show version, there's only one Cyclops, mm. whereas obviously in the the uh, pilot one, it's like they say the Valley of the Cyclops is where they all live. There's yeah. more than one. So I think they in a TV one, they went, oh, people will think he's dead, and he comes back later. Let's do a scene of him getting up. But you're right, it's shot from above down into a very cheap looking cave. Yeah, and I think that's been done. That's a pickup shot. So I think if if this sequence wasn't from the pilot, this is the sort. This is what it would have looked at. Like, yeah, you it wouldn't, it, and it wouldn't be so impressive, would it? No, not at all, not at all. So we go back to the new footage, and yep. this is a complete contradiction. We've just heard Doctor Robinson say, "We've got to leave. We can't survive. We can't stay in the ship." Yep. But you, in the new footage, Smith says he's not going to leave the ship. Yeah. Th- this is where it creates a few anomalies. So in the, in the original pilot, the ship had, had landed, well, crashed, and it was damaged. They were running off solar batteries. So what they were saying was the solar batteries wouldn't be able to take the lower temperature. They would run out and they would freeze to death before they could regenerate the next day. They just weren't powerful and there wasn't enough for charge. And that sort of makes sense. So they were going to flee the cold with the idea of going back to the ship, but it was because there's no the reactors weren't running they couldn't take off in this one of course none of that's happened mm. so it makes no sense for them to flee because like dr smith he's the sensible when he goes oh, i'll just stay it it's I've a spaceship food. Yeah, yeah. I'm, in, I'm in a spaceship yeah but yeah. He, he's got to stay because he's not in exactly, the yeah. original footage nor the robot i do you imagine if they'd have done it if they'd have gone okay smith has got to go with them and then just before every scene that was used from the pilot, he has to duck down out of sight for some reason. Find oh, a reason I, for him I, not I've to be there. I've dropped my pen. Yeah. <laughs> and he ducks down from the chariot. Um, I think no, we I'm might have spotted that. Behind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Penny's gone missing, so oh, off God. goes Par this, this is the other jump th- yeah. This is the other thing that really shows the difference between the footages. Because although there's only a year between them filming it, of course, Penny and Will, they're of an age when a year... Meet, makes right, major changes yeah so so penny suddenly is looking like so young and childish but yeah she's so they've they know they've got to leave uh they've got to leave at midday because once it falls below 10 degrees below zero they've got to leave and i don't know why because it, don even says you think you think dr rumson pulled that out of his ear there's a reason for it being 10 like, yeah you're not going to tell us though hmm. But so they're ready to leave. Everyone's packing, and at that point, Penny decides to go off riding this bloody stupid turtle with uh, Debbie the Bloop. That was a shocker in this unaired pilot that yeah. Debbie the Bloop was in the unaired pilot. I just yeah. figured that would be somewhere down the line where they've really gone. This is a comedy. This is campy. Whoop. Let's put a, a, a no, a, no, it, a, it, a lump on top of a. Yeah, you would, you would think so. But did you watch the um, the network uh, presentation on the DVD? 
it's eye-opening so what this is a, a small presentation it's about five minutes long and it was to send to the networks to say you should buy our new show and this is the reason and it's it's eye-opening because it's not aimed at viewers it's aimed at network executives so everything is about the bottom line so they're going we spent this amount on special effects people like special effects uh Guy Williams is from Zorro. Zorro was popular. So people will tune into this because of him. And it goes for each character. And it gets to like Penny and it goes, um, young girls will need an identifying figure. And Penny is this. Uh, Penny also has the bloop. Kids love uh, 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 an animal on television. This, and that's it. That's the only reason the bloop's there is obviously because they thought kids will love it. Um, everyone hated it. Everyone wanted that thing dead. You get a feeling it's like, you know, um, I mean... Is this the yeah? This show came after the Ron Ely Tarzan. Yes. Show. Uh, no, this did was it? Ron Ely was seventy three, seventy four. Was think. it seventies? Yeah, it was the 70s, Ron Ely show. I think, I think uh, so. At least I, that's when I remember seeing it. It might have been earlier. Because I, I, I just assumed Debbie the Bloop is a um, uh, a riff on Cheetah, and and it's like all kids I, like 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 Cheetah in the Tar, Tarzan show. That's why. I imagine. Um, I imagine it is. No, you're right. Um, 66 to 68. So you're right. It Tarzan been did come just, first. Yeah, Tarzan would have been... Because Tarzan was massive, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're in that case, you're almost entirely right, I would imagine, that, yeah, this is because kids like Cheetah, therefore yes. kids will like... Alien <laughs> Cheetah. Yeah, and an ape with a hoodie on. It's awful. I mean, all the other special effects are pretty good. You know, like we get to see Dr. Robinson on his jetpack and that. But the bloop is just... I mean, to be fair, when they did the uh, the god-awful uh, Matt LeBlanc Lost in Space film, the bloop was the worst thing in that as well. Yes, true, true. Yeah. My abiding memory about Debbie the bloop is um, when I worked in, in the cinema, other Ian... Um, a girl started and she was called Debbie and he just found that hilarious <laughs> that she was called Debbie because to him Debbie is the bloop because he was a, a massive big furry lost... forehead. <laughs> <laughs> what, I what don't I love, remember. Yeah. What I love about this is like so Penn is Penn is uh, outrunning a guy in a, a jetpack on a turtle and they're riding along and it's just awful. It's like the, the it's like something from bloody Dr. Doolittle. So uh, Dr. Robinson decides, he's, he goes, uh, I got to show off our jetpack. I mean, I got to use our jetpack to, uh, to find uh, Penny. Uh, and I, now I think this was a real jetpack. Yes. Um, they rented it. Or, yes. or, or the guy yeah. who, who, he's the only guy that cooperated. It might be the same yeah. guy from, is it Thunderbolt? I think it is where James, yeah. where James Bond does it. It's the same yeah. guy with the same jetpack. You, yeah. you, you hired him and he alone could fly it. Yeah. Yeah. You hire, you, as a package, you just hired him and his jetpack. One yes. man and his jetpack. Um, so the footage is actually really good, but he, yeah, Dr. Robinson goes and he sees uh, Penny and that, and he, he lands by her and he goes, uh, come on, we've got to escape. So he goes, piggyback <laughs> she goes piggyback <laughs> and then suddenly there's a, a an actual seat on this jetpack yeah where did that come from yeah where did that come from and they take debbie the bloop the turtle the tortoise thing he's gonna die any <laughs> yeah renowned for being able to survive cold temperature it just leaves it not a second thought never mentioned again no no, no. just uh, they're speciesist right. um my favorite bit about this is uh 
that the, the guy Williams on his crash helmet has got a little bit of ribbon so you can see which yes. direction the wind's coming I don't know in. what on earth that's about. Uh, I don't know because he can't see. He can't see it, so why is that on there? <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Um, yeah, so they... Um, in the nick of time. This is um this is the trouble with the pilot. It's one of these and I was I was quite careful in using the word incidents happen because they're not they're not thrilling, they're not you're not worried about anything. It's just A happens, B happens, C mm. happens, D happens. And it's like in this, it's like um oh pen is escaped. Zoom zoom zoom, pen is back. Mm. It's so there's no threat or worry or anything about any of this it's so linear storytelling but yeah they get back in time uh and uh, off they go in the chariot i don't know what they was worried about because if they if they couldn't have found her she could just go back and stay with dr smith oh i see what they're worried about <laughs> yep off they go in their chariot through the valley of the giants and and here yes. he is again in his aurora model kit pose yes this is this is the scene from the uh the kit yeah. Uh, well, at least the kit if you bought the deluxe version. Yes. Um, th- I, this is funny as well because um, they're driving through and they go, "Where this is the Valley of the Cyclops," singular in this case. Uh, and Robinson says, uh, uh, "Don, you you better get on the gun hatch." So Don picks up the laser rifle, um, which we've got to make one at some point. It's famous mm. famous laser rifle, and he's aiming it. Through the ceiling of the, he has an open hatch. <laughs> he does in eventually. He does though. eventually. Yeah, it's like what? Were you just going to blaze away through the thing? Why are you aiming it if ah, oh, Don's an idiot? Um, yeah, and they uh, they come across the Cyclops is there. You would have thought they would have seen it from miles away. You think the Cyclops would yeah. learn because he gets yeah. zapped again in exactly yeah. the same way, doesn't he? And he almost <laughs> a look of surprise crosses his one eye, doesn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. It's like, oh, again? Oh, yeah, they got laser. Um, he does try and chuck some um, boulders at the some uh, polystyrene boulders. Polystyrene. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, fair deuce to him. It's a full-size polystyrene boulder on the full-size chariot. Yes. That they throw down. Why didn't they just do it in model shots? Well, you have got a model shot yeah, of the chariot. Yeah. You can see the, the the people inside are wobbling around like yes, mad. Yeah. Um, you can always tell when it, when we've got the model chariot. Um, and then we get this rear projection uh, set up as they yep. pass the giant. Yeah, um, very so... um, Carl Denham and the guys walking past the Stegosaurus they've just murdered in yes. King Kong. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, we, we pan along its body. Uh, I, I guess he is dead. Um, he, oh, I, I hope not, poor thing. Um, but they they drive along and then they stop the footage on his face. Mm. I'm presuming for shock value, but I don't think that the that the the actors realise it because they're still making motions as if it's driving along. Yes, yeah. And it's like I wonder if they they know it. The footage behind them has stopped. Um, but it, the poor Cyclops just looks. Uh, I feel sorry for him because he's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. He might be intelligent. Why are they not trying to save him? They'll save the bloop. Yeah. Wouldn't it have been better if the bloop they'd have shot the bloop with a laser and the Cyclops had become Penny's pet? That would Did... have solved almost every storyline. You know, ah, we're space pirates, and oh my god, she's got a giant. We're off. <laughs> that would have been brilliant. I think the inference is that yeah, he is dead because I Debbie dead, claps yeah. to the camera. Yeah. 
That's a very Tarzan thing, isn't that's it? That's a vicious monkey, isn't it? Yes. Celebrating the death of its <laughs> rival. Um, the How do ha- they know Debbie doesn't grow up to be one of them? De- Debbie could be an embryonic giant, yeah. Also, no one wanted to save the uh, the space ostrich. No. That is that appears. is that what the giant exists on? Space ostr- oh, ostriches could be. and right, bloops. Yeah. yeah, it might. That might be his, his sort of staple diet. He's got a little spit, yeah. like in Seventh Voice yeah. of Sinbad Cyclops. He's got a little spit with ostriches <laughs> with bloop, and bloops on it. The bloops, mum and dad on it, <laughs> rotating. Yeah, the forehead's um, the best bit. <laughs> so we've lost the whole sequence of the chariot crossing the inland sea. Because, yes. you know, the whole thing would have overrun. They've got to cut a section out to allow for all your yes. new Dr. Smith I, I and Robot they, bits. I think they use that in one of the later episodes. Oh, do they? Yeah, I think so. I think coming back or something. Yeah, they, that footage, I think, does get used. Yeah, Erwin Allen. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to use everything, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So so they just arrive at the the city. That, uh, at one point, it's called a yeah. city. Another time, it's called a castle. I don't know what on earth it is. But we've got a cliche thunderstorm going on with the cliche yes. sound effects, haven't we? Yeah, because weirdly in the pilot, there's this really bizarre scene between it where they, Dr. Robinson goes, oh, uh, Don goes, um, oh no, being hit with a massive boulder seems to have damaged the engine. Oh, yes. We're going to have to pack. And John Robinson goes, well, whether it's suitable or not, we'll camp here. It's like, what a great guy he is. <laughs> um, and then we get this awful scene about Penny sees Don. Uh, kissing Judy's hand, um, and I feel sorry for Doctor Robinson because because Maureen goes, uh, Penny. There are some people that think things are important that we don't. And say, like, ah, oh, Doctor Robinson's not getting any, is he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Separate beds on the Jupiter two. Absolutely, pajamas buttoned yeah. right up to the collar. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's weird that they could show. Like courting couples being um, lovey-dovey to each other, but married? No, that doesn't happen. No, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's very strange. But yeah, they um, in the TV show they just it's like, oh, there's a there's a set of ruins. I do like that he goes uh, off screen. They go, look at this city of ruins. It's not really, is it? It's just one cave. Mm. Now, in the pilot, right? Yeah. Um, we've got this uh, business with the revolving wall and, yep. you know, the rather duff um, skeleton that's in there, yeah. which they encounter, you know, we have like an earthquakey thing and then that's all resolved and the pilot ends with them camped and in the bushes you've got two aliens. Yes, right? two dome-headed aliens. Yeah. In the episode four... Um, it ends with, you know, Dr. Robinson trying to, you know, get them out of the, you know, crumbling ruins. Yeah. So I'm assuming episode five is the resolution to that. And then we go straight into the thing with those bald guys, do we? I, I don't, the bald guys don't appear, I don't think. They're, oh. they're not in the... the oh, so, so, so they... Oh, right. So, so we never know who those people no. were. Oh, no. Okay. Thank goodness, they look awful. Um, I can't remember what happens in the next episode, but yeah, the, that whole bit's dropped. Well, because of this show, I've got a whole box set of uh, episode one to watch now. Yeah. Do you know what? I um, after watching it, I thought I fancy watching some more, so I might I might watch episode five just to see see what thrill and adventure, see whether Debbie the Bloop survives. 
I want him. I I want him to come back. Out, go through all this danger, get cut up, knackered out equipment, come back, and Doctor Smith goes. It was it was lovely. It was toasty warm because it's a bloody spaceship. <laughs> yeah. Do you know where it's colder five. than this in space? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, behind the scenes. Yes. Um, do Do you know about the uh, deleted scenes? Regard uh, involving the giant. No, I don't, I don't think so. It doesn't ring a bell. Well, I've read about it. Yeah. Um, there's two. There's a shot when John's in flight trying to rescue oh, Penny, right. and he gets menaced yeah. by a giant, and he shoots at it while he's sense, in the air. Yeah. yeah, and there's another scene where, much like Frankenstein, uh, um, Penny befriends the giant. Um, but then um, Smith comes along and orders the robot to blast it, and it runs away. Oh right! right? So, so that presumably that would have been filmed with the on the TV series with the other person playing the giant. Yeah, I could. You know what? I could see that happening. Yeah. Well, you can see it happening because I read about that, and then when oh, I oh, it was filmed. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't. No. But if you go on YouTube, I'll put the link on Facebook when yeah. this comes out. Somebody has. I think it's early days CGI, but they've animated yeah. Yeah, right. it um, uh, with, I, th- I I don't know, I, I, I haven't looked that much into it, but I don't know if, if um, how accurate this is, but you can see animations of these two scenes. Oh, right. so, I, c- uh, I could see it being in there, it would fit in with, because every week Penny would befriend yes. a dangerous creature, wouldn't she? Yep. You know, best of the best, you know. Yep. Um, And finally, I've got a bit of science for you about giants, all right? So the the robot says that a humanoid cannot be 18 metres tall. He says that, and and that's what sends him doolally. Um, And the science bit says 18 metres is roughly 10 times normal human height. If a human being were scaled up tenfold in size, its bones would be ten times as thick as those of a normal-sized human. However, volume does not scale linearly with size. A ten times bigger human would have 1,000 times the volume of a normal human. 1,000 times the volume would mean 1,000 times the weight. The giant's bones would be far too thin and fragile to support this much weight. Yes, that's why we don't get you know, house-sized tarantulas no. roaming about. Or um, praying mantises. Yeah, or praying mantises, yeah. They, it, they just couldn't survive. There's, you know, there's a reason that the uh, the largest creature on the planet lives in water. <laughs> yes. You know? So, there we go. That's uh, that, 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 that's our little uh, natter yeah. over. Did, did you enjoy it? Yes, I did. Yeah, I, did. I totally enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I remember it's, that yeah. shot. I remember that yeah. shot where it pans up and you see his face with his eye going side to side. And did I, you get a little frisson of terror? Did I did. You, you sent me an image a couple of days yeah, ago of, my, uh, of, of the built-up model. Yeah. model. And, yeah, just looking at that fellow with his pointy teeth and his single eye, yeah, I'm immediately taken back to the, you know, the little nine-year-old yeah. me. It is, it is interesting what does stick in it. Because I, I think when we did the Quatermass stuff... Yeah, the, the, the devil in Quatermass in the Pit, you know, the, the horned demon mm. in the sky, that stuck with me. That's still, even now when I watch it, I still, I'm, I'm transported back to be that little kid. Um, yeah, it is amazing what does stick. I could see, I could see like nine-year-old me 
or even younger watching this and being mesmerized by it because it's the sort of thing I would have loved mm. to see live. I mean, I wasn't born, you know, but but yeah, it it's so well done. Yeah, because um, so people, unlike... yeah, so unlike the rest of the show, to be fair. And all were Owen Allen. Yeah. Um, monsters. If you compared this Cyclops and how it was achieved to, you know, the monster of the week on Voice to the Bottom of the Sea, you can't really compare them, no. can you? No. It, um, it, it's a league above. I think everyone was, was trying their best with Lost in Space uh, to, to do something special. Um, whether that lasted into the series. But of course, I mean, the only reason we had uh, Star Trek, the only reason that came about was to because Lost in Space was successful. Mm. Um, so, you know, thank you for that. Have you ever watched the uh, the the reboot? Yeah, the f- first mm. season I tried yeah. watching it, but it's like so many things from my childhood. Yeah, okay, yeah, if you want to do that, you do it. But I... I it, it's so imprinted on my brain. It's like, you know, we've had many versions of Batman since yeah. the 66 TV series. But if they if they wanted to do another Batman TV series and do it set in the style of the 66 TV series, well, it good luck with it. Yeah. But it wouldn't it, it wouldn't work for me. Yeah, I think because I, I, I quite enjoyed it. I've um, I sort of gave up on whatever the last season was, three or four, because it's just it. It's painfully obvious they're just stringing it out. They haven't really got a story for this. But I enjoyed season one, most of season two. Um, didn't like the robot and that. Uh, but, yeah, I much prefer, even even as silly as the original is, it's much more enjoyable. Mm. What are your thoughts on the movie, the Gary Oldman um, version? It's awful. <laughs> it It's really weird because... Even if you don't compare it to classic Lost in Space, there's something up with it. There's something off with the whole thing. It doesn't work. Um, I mean, the whole storyline is rubbish. Um, But there's, like, the direction or... There's something weird about it. It just doesn't work as a movie, let alone Lost in Space. But the only thing I did like about it was the Apollo 440... uh, reboot uh, of oh, the theme yeah. the, the, so, the reboot you know, thing. yeah i thought that was quite good but other than that it's terrible it's worth watching just to see how terrible a film can i've be. watched it once yeah i showed it and watched it and i think i watched it once and it's yeah. like okay it, it's rubbish the um the the thing to watch it for now is is to watch it and uh see don west as played by matt leblanc uh who in this film is just a walking Me Too poster. Really? He, it, oh, it just comes across as so... Basically, it's one of those where he immediately sees um, Judy and it's like the old uh, the wolf from the... the Tex uh, Avery Tex cartoon. Avery cartoons. And she can't stand him and it's like, I'm going to win you over. And it, he basically browbeats her into having a relationship with her. With oh, him. nice. Basically because it's like, well, I'm the only... I'm the only man who isn't related to you that you're ever going to meet again. So sort of it's, it's horrendous. But at the time, I suppose it was, they were trying to play off his Joey character. Right. But this is meant to be a, you know, a, a top of their league NASA pilot. It's not going to be Joey. 
<laughs> I wouldn't have that was a strange casting choice. Yeah. Gary Oldman as uh, Dr. Smith was an odd one as well. It Doesn't was, he try and do a Jonathan Harris sort of thing? He does. He's trying for it. He's the only one that seems to have seen the original and thought, isn't this what we're meant to be doing? Because he, he tries to do a bit of a less campy Dr. Smith. Well, like I say, at one point, it's like he even says the pain, the pain. Um, he's the only okay thing in it, but even he can't save it. Even that's off. Because the trouble is, in the TV series, it's the, the I think it's known now as like the Dr. Smith problem, is if you've got a recurring character that's continually betraying your main characters, if the main characters don't do anything about it, they appear stupid. Mm. This gets away with it because it's so campy and it's it, it's a comic strip and it you know no one's realistic in the t the the original show. So you can you can like you almost treat Doctor Smith as as a a wayward child, mm. you know. So you can understand why they go. Oh, you tried to kill our kids again, you scamp! <laughs> <laughs> but when you're doing it seriously, like the uh, the is it was eighty nine something like that film was no it was ninety was it ninety oh god it just feels older because it's so awful yeah. um, it does it's like why wouldn't you just kill Doctor Smith why do you keep giving him the chance to betray put him, you put him out the airlock yeah yeah put him out the airlock and that that's something that the the new TV version suffers from as well so they they obviously Doctor Smith and that they've um, uh, they've cast a woman as Doctor Smith and that's oh, no, okay yeah. Uh, and the actress that plays it, uh, Parker Posey, I think her name is, she's all right. She's good at it. But it's very much, a, I think, a stunt choice. But because she's constantly, and she's villainous right through, she's she's played as psychopathic and she takes Dr. Smith's identity. She's not actually Dr. Smith and all this sort of stuff. But every week she does something where she's got to the point where she's probably just about to kill their kids and they keep letting her off. It's like, no, you would just kill this woman. You'd have to. Yes. You couldn't have that disruptive element in this small thing. It, it just, yeah, it beggars belief. You, you lose respect for the main characters. And like, why? Mm. You just can't do it. You've either got to have them unaware that it's happening or don't do it. You can't have a recurring villain. And I think, you know, Jonathan Harris was a genius because he realized that straight away you know he, he said you cannot have a recurring evil person they're you know they run out of steam so quickly so he went with the i'm a campy campy comedy character yes. brilliant and he made the show basically well it's what everybody remembers everyone him for remembers well Smith, debbie the yeah. bloop you know, everyone tries to forget that <laughs> yes. All right, okay, uh, one last thing before we go. We've got yep. a vote on the Cyclops. Oh, right, okay. Yes, out God, of it's so long. This is awful. It's so long since I've been on Effectively Speaking. So what are we voting for? Just to- overall The effects of out? the Cyclops. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't think of anything wrong with it because it's done cinematically. It's done well. The angles are good. The suit is great. It was made out of bark or something, wasn't it? Was, was it? it? Yeah, it was made out of palm bark. Bits it, of it, palm yeah, I can believe that. It does it, look yeah. rather solid. Well, it gives it a lovely sort of organic look, doesn't it? It's mm. really good. Um, that must I'm have gonna, hurt when yeah. he fell over then. Oh, God, yeah. Well, that's why you have a stuntman playing it. Yeah, it? yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to an eight and a half. 
I think it's a good. Okay, well, I gave it an eight, so it's eight point two five, which isn't bad for. Uh, um, you I know. can't think of many other Owen Allen effects that might. It was always they were always good at the ship models, you know, like the the stock bit of footage of the sea view or the, mm. the you know, the spin drift and that. But the the creature effects were almost uniformly awful, weren't they? Well, there's some stinkers in Lost in Space. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll have to come back sometime, yeah. and we'll do another Lost in Space with a terrible Perhaps alien we should do design. The Maybe the Carrot Man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is awful. Terrible, terrible one. Yeah, perhaps we'll do that. That would be a good one to do. And it's colour, of course. Yeah. I've got season two. I've had season two for quite oh, a few years. Oh, it's season three, I think, isn't it? The right, year. right. And yeah. I, I, I try watching them, and then you get, you know, you get... Uh, a genie in a bottle, or you get, you know, yeah. some space cowboy turn up, and it's like, oh dear. Um, isn't Michael Rennie in one of the yes, episodes? Yes, yeah. I think it's The Keeper, the episode called The Keeper. Yeah. Um, it's actually a really good storyline, that. So I think it was the season one's first two-parter. Right. Or only two-parter. Um, right. You'll yeah, have to have a think. Have, have a think yeah. about a, uh, a, a, a an episode you'd like to talk about. Yeah. Because we'll another, return. another, yeah, I can say because you could go with, like you say, guest stars because there's so many famous people cut their teeth on this. But one of the episodes that I I remember from originally watching it, and then when I rewatched it, it was like, ah, oh, that's great. Is Inside the Robot where they have to basically do Fantastic Voyage, but inside the robot. Right. Um, that's that's good fun. That's good. I think I've seen that. That might Very be sure, season yeah. two. I think that's season two. Yes. Yeah. yeah. When they still had a bit of budget left. Yes. And, of course, we've got Robbie the Robot in one of the oh, yes, stories course, as yeah. well, haven't we? That would be a good one to do. Yeah. Designed by the same person, of course. Yes, yes, indeed. Okay, doke. All right. Uh, well, thanks for today, Ian. No, I enjoyed that. It's, not, it's nice to do uh, something a bit different, isn't it? And Lost in Space is definitely a bit different. Yeah, yeah. And it has been a while since you've been on, effectively yes. speaking. So, uh, welcome back. And uh, Well, yes. Well, you know, I, one. We, we've not been doing many podcasts, have we? No, so. no, it's been... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll speak to you in two days when we do Doctor yes, Who. Yes, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, we've just we've just done another podcast before this, and we'll be doing another one in two, in two days. days' time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, folks, this is why effectively speaking's don't come out as regularly That's as they true, used to. Yeah. Ian and we, I are, are spread yeah. thin. We are very. We're like uh, we're like the Hobbit. We're spread thin. Um, what we should have done is, is at the beginning done like the showbiz thing of making out we hadn't spoken to each other for years since the last <laughs> one. <laughs> We'll do that next time. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do that next time. All right. Good stuff. Okay. Cheers, Ian. Nice one. Thanks, Thanks Eric. Bye-bye. Thanks, mate. Bye. That's all, bro.